Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. Thank you for listening, David. Yes. How's it going? Uh, uh, I'm excited. We've got, uh, we've, got a full, we've got a full slate of things to talk about. Okay. Because normally we do our topic and then we do like a pre-topic topic. Oh, people are very aware of that, yes. But then also when we have a guest, we do like the interview thing. Yeah. We've got, like I said, a full slate. So what you're saying is we're never going to get to the topic. Yeah, we need to we need to just leap into it, into the episode today. Okay. So let me introduce our guest. Go right ahead. She's recently returned from yeah. uh, Vienna, the land of Vienna beef, where Vienna beef hot dogs come from. <laughs> uh, is that is that what it's known for? Am I allowed to start talking? Yeah, yes, it's, right. it's, it's from the Walking with Michelle podcast. It's Michelle Balloon. Yeah. Thanks um, for being on the show. We're known for, we're known for, we are. <laughs> Wiener um, it's, uh, it's schnitzel. Okay. Wiener schnitzel. Mm. You got your Wurst. Okay. Um, and uh, so I guess that's, I mean, you're thinking of probably like Vienna sausages, you well, know. Well, uh, there's. Wiener Wurst. If you've, I don't know if you've lived in Chicago ever. I have not, but I, you know, I went to college in University of Wisconsin at Madison, so. Okay. Um, Close. But most. All the reputable hot dog places in Chicago oh, absolutely. That's are, just a company. are that's Vienna just, Beef. Yeah, that's so, just a company. That's what I was referencing. Do you know what else is from Austria? Red Bull and Jägermeister. I think I knew that about Red Bull. Because mm-hmm. they have the, uh, what is it, Flugtag? Yeah, the Flugtag. Yeah. Oh, man. That means fly day. I took, it does I, mean fly day, I took yeah. four years of German in high school. Oh, wow. I don't remember most of it. But oh, okay. I only know one German word, and it's Ubermensch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that weird? You know, uh, okay. Do you two of my my two favorite German words? Okay. okay. The German word. Do you? And I'm gonna see if you know them. If you picked them up okay. while you were there. Do you know the German word for homosexual? I don't. Frikadella, oh. which is awesome. <laughs> it's funny because I think that's like when I was in when I was in Amsterdam. The, the only other time I'd been to Europe was when I was in, in Amsterdam when I in 2000. They um, that was like a name of like a food in the snack bar. Really? Yeah, like a hot dog. But anyhow, what was the other one? The other one, the greatest word ever, the German word for punch- punctual. What's what's? Puntlich. Oh, puntlich. <laughs> puntlich. <laughs> yeah. Where's where's your German pronunciation? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's funnier if I say puntlich. Yeah. It sounds funnier. <laughs> yeah, puntlich. Um, I I think German words that I like, and I have a joke about one of them, <clears throat> is that the German word for ride is fart, <laughs> and the. Uh, Oh, and then there was a holiday. Um, there's lots of holidays there, uh, mm-hmm. Christian holidays that they do not have here. And uh, one of the holidays was uh, their surprise holidays. That's what I call them. Okay. Um, <laughs> was Christy Himmelfart, which <laughs> my husband and I referred to as Christ farted. <laughs> like that was, we'd laugh. But then the other word is the word for diarrhea, which is Dirkfall. <laughs> um. Dirkfall. <laughs> Now we do have uh, some some uh, German listeners, not very many of them, but we have listeners. Uh, and in I'm sure Germany they're. And, and, uh, oh, are they German it. or are they are they the Viennese? Because then they're probably going to hate me in everything that I say in German. Does it really matter what they are? Yeah. you know that's the way I see it. And oh. I'm sure they're raging they in my pronunciation as well. Well, if, yeah. if they're from uh, Vienna, then Grüß Gott. What did you just say? I said, well, what I said is Greek God, um, <laughs> but that I know. That, see, there we have it. That's. But no, but if you if you uh, in Vienna and in parts of southern Germany, you walk in anywhere mm-hmm. or you see someone on the street or in the hallway, they say Grüß Gott to you. You say Grüß Gott to them, and you do it for like ten minutes until someone Grüß Gott, Grüß Gott, Grüß Gott. 
It's why it's that's what people do. (laughs) They don't small talk. There's not a lot of things that they do. But one thing that they do is lots of sort of weird salutations. I that is not a place to where you can go. Like I thought I'm just going to go sit at a bar and hang out there and I'll make friends. I don't know. Hmm. It it was I mean, it is difficult to talk to talk. And I I talk (laughs) did not work. And you've and you've said that uh, we were talking before we started recording that uh, about how happy you were to come back. Not that you didn't like it there, but that uh, I think I reached a point where I didn't like it there. Oh, okay. But but no, uh, yeah, I was really happy to come back. I mean, it was a long time. I am a person who does a lot of things, Mm -hmm. and the novelty had worn off of me living in Europe, and also like I was never there straight through for the whole like year and and Mm -hmm. and a few months. Because I, I couldn't, I didn't have a visa. So I had to come back every three months. And so I was, and I didn't have a place to live. So when I came back here, I was flying all over the, the country. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just, which is great. But I mean, I, even last week I was in Atlanta, but like I was just commenting to my husband that I don't think there's been a month since I left that I've not been on a plane, mm-hmm. you know, at least once so in spite of the fact that you had a lot of places to stay, yeah. you were essentially homeless. I was homeless. Yeah, okay. I was homeless. I, I always said I'm in between continents <laughs> is what I would announce. But yeah, no, I was homeless. That does sound very exhausting. It was really exhausting. And a couple times I would get hotels and people would be like, why are you staying in a hotel? Come stay in my house. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm sick of staying in other people's houses. <laughs> I can imagine. You know? So, so yeah. Out of, I, I think they've asked this on other podcasts before. But just in general, uh, take the temperature of the room. If you have the option of staying at your at a friend's house or at a hotel, mm-hmm. I would. When I was younger, oh, I love spending the night at friends' houses. Yeah. Now I just want to stay at a hotel. Like that's that would be my preference. Oh no, I'm a hotel all the way, and yeah. I, I, it's worth it to me. And I'm not even. I'm like, uh, I want to stay at a, a nicer hotel. Like I, I want to <laughs> feel comfortable. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just. I don't want to have to compromise with anybody on my personal comfort. <laughs> like, I can totally see that. It's all about, like, I just, right at this point, like, I'm 34. I just want to be comfortable, you know? And I, I just, it's all I want. It sounds it sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm getting to that point where uh, all the... Listeners aren't aren't going to know this, but uh, at the very least, a personal level, like all the stuff that I used to just be so uh, like have hangups about, whether it be like socially, and just like, mm-hmm. oh man, do you think I I made that person angry or whatever? Yeah. After a while, I was just like, ah, I, I don't, I don't have the energy for this anymore. Mm-mm. I have no energy left for the stuff I enjoy doing. Yeah. And so uh, now, of course, that's more a personal thing than a physical thing, but that comes into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now, of course. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the travel aspect when we yeah, get into the topic. Yeah, but let's get back to yeah. your... Okay, your, yeah. Let's do your, it. I mean, people all over the internet know the Walking with Michelle yes. podcast. Absolutely. The, uh, the, the infrequently released, <laughs> I get it. I get it, everybody. It's going to change. 2011. Promise. Uh, I mean, it's existed for five years almost. A long time. And, <laughs> and you've done, what, It started 12? when Jimmy started his podcast. Right. Like, short, like right around there, because Matt did Jimmy's and mine at the mm-hmm. same time. And how many episodes are there in total? We just released the ninth episode. <laughs> no, wait. No, eighth. Sorry. See, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? And, um, yeah, and it's really popular. Um, <laughs> considering love people love it. It's probably the thing that I get the most f- feedback from. I think it could be 
50 times more popular if I were to frequently release it because I people forget about it you know they people move computers aren't subscribed mm-hmm. to it anymore I mean that's how long I mean it's just and it just it's just my it's my fault but tomorrow I'm meeting with a new person and we we are going to get back on track a new producer and 2011 ah. All right. it's a but new if year you- if you were to do it weekly, it would start to really... I could never do it weekly. It would be really expensive. Well, it wouldn't be... Let's, let's, let's for people who don't know, yeah. explain the, the premise of the no podcast. No way. Explain the premise of the podcast. Please. Well, the podcast, is, is it started out where I do something with somebody. I mean, that's the basic premise, <laughs> and we record it. And it's always with someone funny, um, with few exceptions. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no. And, um, and the idea is, is that it's, I, I want to capture um, what it's like hanging out with a comic. Because I'm friends with lots of comedians. I hang out with them. It's very fun. You know, People are always like, oh, are comedians funny? Or they're probably not funny when you're just... No, they, they are, they're super funny. They're like your funniest <laughs> friends. You know? yeah. And so I wanted to really capture that. And I think I did. Um, but the problem is, is that... We don't, we, we literally, like we go out, I try to tape four or five hours and then we cut it down. Mm -hmm. So that takes a long time, you know? So you've had, uh, plenty of people who've been on the show. You had, you went, you went, walked around Portland with James Adomian. Yes. Went to Disneyland. Very good episode. Disneyland with Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. Went to Magic Mountain with Doug Benson. You are doing a good job. (laughs) But Doug Benson's never been on this show. Yeah. uh, uh, I, I I was, I think I I, I like I, I think I agree that the the Portland one is probably my favorite as well. Yeah. But the one I most like wanted to be there for was the Magic Mountain one because oh my god I love roller coasters so I, much. That was the scariest. And I also love being the sober person when I'm <laughs> that <laughs> around was so, high people. That was so I got I ate a pot pill from Doug Benson and I got. I was just wrecked. I mean, I was, that was so scary. I'm already scared of roller coasters. It was, and I literally do not remember most of the time when I was super high. It just went really fast for me. But I do remember getting on a coaster with him. The first coaster I was totally sober for, but the rest of it, um, getting on a coaster with him and really not thinking I was strapped in and then just accepting the fact that I was about to die. Like literally like that. I remember thinking that like, okay, well you're going to die. Okay. So, so but I guess this is it. Yeah, that, that's and I just accepted it. And Doug is like, I think he took twice as much as I did, and he was just like having the best day. And I was just, I mean, there was one point. It's in the podcast where I'm just sitting on a bench and I'm holding on to. I use a Morantz recorder, uh-huh. and I'm just holding on to it, and I'm just basically just crying into, <laughs> into the recorder. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> I should just release just the uncut because I think we only put in like a minute, but like it's like 15 minutes of me like lamenting oh. what I did that day. Now I find myself wondering, now I'm not a roller coaster person. I li- I've got my annual pass to Disneyland. I love yeah. Disneyland. And I've, I also do not uh, smoke pot. I have to assume that Disneyland, while high, has to be, I'd venture to say a horrifying experience. It, that would be terrifying. And the problem is, well, eating pot and smoking are two separate things, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I'm not a frequent, you know, uh, marijuana user, so I, I can only speak to my experience. <clears throat> but um, it would be terrifying to have people coming at you. I mean, it's it's so much busier in Disneyland, yeah. mm-hmm. and just having people like and walking around and just, I mean, I think I would think that you would get kicked out, like. 
<laughs> I, you know, like I think that your odd behavior from 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 putting yourself in that altered state would get you kicked out of Disneyland. Well, they do. They are pretty. It's as much as I love Disneyland. It is. It is hard not to realize just how firm a grip they have on everything there. Like there was a guy mm-hmm. that was clearly drunk. Uh, Jen, my my wife Jen and I were there once. Uh, he was clearly drunk. He like was running. And he like yelled something at my wife, uh, something very lewd, and uh, he was, and he just he just happened to run past us, and then like I look and I see a bunch of people in white uniforms, like <laughs> just sw- uh, swarm in the Seinfeldian kind of way, just swarm <laughs> over him, and I just think like yeah, uh, you can't possibly last very long here if you're acting. Even slightly off. Did you see? Um, well, let me, let me just address you, you. The beginning of my podcast is Matt and I getting busted. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what happens. Yeah. They one person comes over, two people, and suddenly there's 15 people surrounding you. I mean, it's they're they're Johnny on the spot, you know. No, um, I'm sure that you guys read uh, GQ every month, like I do. Gentlemen's Quarterly. Gentlemen's no, Quarterly constantly, but yes. it comes out every month. I stare at the um, covers. I usually. Well, then you might, you might have been staring at a recent cover with Ryan Gosling on. Yes, on it. I did. It's very handsome cover. <laughs> in the uh, the story about it, he, I think, I don't know if he's trying to be like charming or like trying to put across this version of himself that's like idiosyncratic and cute and carefree. But he said that he will sometimes go to Disneyland alone with a hat and sunglasses and his iPod, and that sounds fucking weird. That does not endear me to him at all. That's crazy. It sounds weird because it's Ryan Gosling, but I know so many people with annual passes. I know people that just go there so they can like walk for exercise. So like if it wasn't Ryan Gosling, that would not seem as weird, but it does seem affected. Yeah. It being Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, I I, I like Ryan Gosling's work to some extent as an actor, but I feel like this this article really turned me off because he also (laughs) like told the GQ interviewer, like, I'm going to take you to my favorite place in Los Angeles, and then went to the Magic Castle, which also seems kind of affected. Oh, my gosh. Also... But you know what? Actors are boring. Like, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, that's what you should learn from it. Like, the only thing interesting about actors is that they're good at not being themselves, you know? Like, I mean, it's... Yeah, so I, I'm never surprised when someone seems less cool than I am. Right. You know? <laughs> also, if I'm not mistaken... You can't just go to the Magic Castle, right? Don't you have to be invited, or you have to be Ryan Gosling? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that Ryan he Gosling. can get in. Yeah. yeah, it's like here's my. But to me, that's that's just like, hey, look, here's my favorite place, a place you can't go. Oh yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you think of that? <laughs> I'm Ryan Gosling. But you know, it's funny that anybody that knows that's a super cheesy place. I've never been. I've always wanted to. It's go. It's right across the street from my from my apartment. Ah, I would like to go because I've heard about a mystical piano. That if you, it's just a piano that sits there, it's a, you know, player piano, and it knows every song in the world. And if you say, whatever obscure music. fly for a white guy by the offspring. Yeah, sure. It'll play that on the piano. Wow. And that I want to go because it's just like, I bet I could, I bet I could get it. And when I don't. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'll feel like a failure, but also I'll just be really impressed. And I'll be like, how do they do that magic? <laughs> so. Well, I can get you on the invite list. I mean, I can. My, I, I, I mean, I'm not even going to make it seem mysterious, but yes. All right. If you really want to go, I could get you on the invite list. Do I have to wear like a big robe and like a mask and stuff? As, if there's a suit on underneath anywhere there, oh, then okay. that's what. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's you a, can it's do a, whatever a, you want. It's a jacket and tie. It's a jacket and tie. Dress, dress or pantsuit for the ladies. 
Which means if I ever went, I would take the pantsuit option because if it, if it's offered to you, then why not? Why not just go to the Goodwill and get yourself a nice, like, turquoise, like, you know. They don't say what kind of pantsuit, just no, really anything. pantsuit. Hello. Yeah. Leopard stripes, glittery shoulder pads. Just walk in. Don't I look good? Um, I did but, the bare minimum. Isn't that enough? Yeah. It is everywhere, everywhere else. Um Okay, so yes, the podcast is of course how most people know you, but you are yeah. um uh but no, you're actually you're a stand-up comedian. That's actually yes. how how I knew of you. Yeah, I'm a stand-up. I've been doing stand-up 11 years next month as a matter of fact. Congratulations. Thank you. We should have had you on in a month so we could celebrate should the Should I leave? You guys should talk yeah. about your stuff and then I'll come back. <laughs> this episode will be 17 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> um so, okay, speaking of stand-up, I want to get into the thing I wanted to talk about before we get into yeah. the topic. I'm trying to just not monopolize. Like, that's my problem. I'm like... It's fine. You're the, you're the guest. Yeah, exactly. No, are, no, no. I, 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 I talk a lot. This is our 201st <laughs> episode. People have gotten plenty of us. <laughs> I'm just so. so used to my podcast. Like, I take five hours and make it, like, into the best 45 minutes either me or my guest has ever had. And so, like, I kind of forget that when I'm on other people's podcasts. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, you're going to cut this boring, posy stuff out, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Okay. Um, okay, speaking of stand-up comics, um, uh, uh, this, is a bit, this is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. A guy who's kind of a stand-up comic, Ricky Gervais. Yes. Hosted the Golden Globes. Yeah. And I watched it, enjoyed it, and thought very little of his performance only to check Twitter the next day and find out that he had been incendiary and way out of line. When you oh. say you thought little of his performance, do you mean that you thought it was bad or it just didn't you didn't think much about it? I didn't think much about it. I don't think it was bad. I don't think he was brilliant. Right. Um but I thought he did pretty much the job he was supposed to do. He kind of made the situation fun and he kept it moving along. I loved it. I thought he was uh very sort of uh you know, I mean he was I don't know if I'd ever use the word incendiary incendiary in a sentence <laughs> unless I was actually talking about something that was on fire. But um <laughs> but uh but no, I mean I thought that he was definitely a little he was edgy, I guess. Yeah. He was definitely edgy and um and it was really really funny to me and i love ricky gervais and i'm mm-hmm. not trying to make myself like i'm not his i'm not his biggest fan but like i mean i but you know what i mean i love him you know mm-hmm. uh saying Do i'm you- not his biggest fan makes it seems like i'm not his fan at all but that's not what i'm saying but i i thought it was great and everybody that's making a big deal about it like oh he's never gonna get to do it again like it just oh, it just but, shut okay, up. I've I got just want to say shut up to everybody. I've got two questions. One about just Ricky Gervais and one about the Golden Globes. Do you like Ricky Gervais as much as a stand-up as you do at The Office? And, and this is how much like I like... And I saw Ricky Gervais do stand-up at the Kodak. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, where he read basically email forwards as <laughs> jokes. But this is how much I loved Ricky Gervais. I mean, I would go see him every single time. You know, it gets to a point where there's someone that you love, you mm-hmm. know, and where there's... There's little that he could do that I would not be interested in partaking in, you know. Okay, I, I've 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 had less. Uh, I I I don't like his stand up as much as I like. No, he's not a stand up. I mean, yeah. he's not a stand up comic. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like my standards. I like Ricky Gervais, but his stand up comedy is. It's, it's barely comedy. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's he's standing up, yes, you know, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, it's, my it's second—it's just a funny, engaging, like affable, like you just. Yeah, 
I love the uh, podcast and the old X- XFM radio shows. If you ever have heard yeah. those, those are great. And I, I haven't listened to his podcast for a while. But when it first came out, I listened to it for like the first, you know, and then it stopped for a while. And then I never picked it back up again. But uh, that was fantastic. I mean, I like Ricky Gervais. Um, like in the way that I like David Letterman and except, I mean, David Letterman's like my number one, but I mean, right. in the same sort of the, I don't watch David Letterman a lot, you know, anymore, but like the man can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. He also had a, a very famous hosting gig when he hosted the David Letterman hosted the Oscars and oh. it was great. And everyone yeah. said it was terrible. That was when I was obsessed with Letterman. That was mm-hmm. when I was in college. And, um, and I was just, I li- I never missed a night. I never, ever missed a night for probably three years. And, uh, one, if I even came close to missing it, my, my roommate would tape it. And that was also the year, uh, that, uh, he actually, I actually had a letter read on viewer mail. Really? Oh, wow. And, um, and that was the peak of my letterman love because like when that <laughs> happened, it was just like, Oh, so that thing that I imagined happening one day actually happens. <laughs> oh, so well, where big. do where do I go from here? You weren't your dream wasn't to someday like write for Letterman. It was the apex of your dream was to have your, it, no, 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 your letter honest, read. No, no, no. That honestly, my apex would just be in his life somehow, <laughs> like in some way. But no, I never. In the letter that I sent to him was not even to him it was to his cue card guy cue card boy tony inky mendez i mean i don't know like how obsessed anybody <laughs> is except for me and he um and it was to him asking me if i wanted just a, a memorabilia and i said could you take a picture of yourself with a cue card with a message to me on it and it was a one page fully written out in cursive uh-huh. on a note piece i've never seen something it was not one of those so four viewer mail and i was watching when it happened because i literally never missed a night and he hold this it was a second letter and he holds it up and there's my handwriting and he goes this letter starts out dear inky and i fucking lost my shit (laughs) i mean like seriously and i ran out i ran away from the tv like that's how crazy it was and um, my roommate was in the bathroom and she's like put a tape in i'm like ah and when it was over and they did a bit and they sent me stuff like i got a a polaroid from the show that they took on the on the show he mispronounced my name twice i mean come on (laughs) and then i called my parents right after that and my sister was at home and she answered the phone and they had been watching (laughs) you know so like they were watching what happened they seemed rather like sort of like not like unaffected like oh yeah we saw you on letterman really (laughs) you have no idea that i'm a that i'm like about to be a stand-up comic or do anything this could be the most successful tv moment i've ever had in my entire life and you don't seem to care but anyhow um okay to get back to ricky gervais yeah, go my, ahead, my, sorry. my second question See what was, I meant? I'm I, it's it was worth it okay uh it was a healthy diversion yes um okay in watching it when you were watching it i imagine live the Golden Globes. Yeah, I saw. I was. I, so I was in a hotel room, and I saw the second half of. So okay. I didn't see the first half live. So, but did you? Did you? An, in watching it, did you anticipate the reaction? Did you? Really, uh, yeah, I mean, I knew that. Like the the one that really got it for me was um, when he brought Robert Downey Jr. out. And Robert Downey Jr. was un, unimpressed. No, I right? mean, I think Robert. I mean, I love Robert Downey Jr. Also, and I, I would like to think he had a good sense of humor about it. But, but I mean, for me, like. It wasn't. I wasn't judging how people were reacting. I was judging what he was saying, and I was mm-hmm. saying, "Holy shit! I can't believe he's just bringing Robert Downey Jr. out with his rehab credits." You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that to me was just like I don't need anybody's reaction. I'm like, oh my god, that's so funny. And you know, all I can think is is like, yeah, that's a little like over the top. But to me, that's that's 
that's humor to me. I mean, and it's the reason you hire a guy like Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And uh, it just goes to show that I mean, it's sad that Robert Downey Jr. apparently I mean, he said some things after the show to the to did his, he? Yeah, he. What he doesn't have a sense of humor about well, it. Well, can I just say I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I would like to think that he would have had a good sense of humor, but I'm not surprised. Why would you? I'm not surprised. But anyhow, I love. I don't it. think he's. I've always liked him as an actor, and then we talked about on this show when I went to uh, uh, Comic Con this past year, and he was on on stage during the uh, Avengers thing, and he just Is just he seemed unpleasant. Oh, he, not, he's more like. Um, uh, I, mean, I guess kind of he, he's he's like um like he's sort of like Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse Now like uh. clearly just so drug addled that he's <laughs> kind of always groovy and in the moment. Uh, he's so but it's, he's such a good actor. He's a very he's good so actor. Wonderful. He's, he's annoying. I uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, apparently um, uh, Christian Bale defended Ricky very Gervais. Much so, yeah. Yeah. And as did Joe Montana, I think. Uh, they, you know what? Yeah, they should. They, everyone, you know, fine, whatever. That's you're going to the Golden Globes. You're on TV to, to you know, congratulate each other on mm-hmm. how awesome you are at fake jobs. You know, so. <laughs> and the Golden Globes, especially, like who? I mean, I like the Golden Globes because they drink. Yeah, the the ceremony by all means go go yeah. ahead, but the legitimacy. Right. Of the yeah, awards the tourist for best oh my gosh. comedy, they. I was just. I mean, okay. The the people that were well, the kids are all right in the comedy. <laughs> like the the nominees for the mm-hmm. Golden Globes this year just completely like just negated. I think every like I would never brag about a Golden Globe, you know. Yeah. For for best uh, documentary, Despicable Me. Like it's just <laughs> like I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if that yeah. had happened. Uh, it was really ridiculous. And I am kind of out of the loop as far as this kind of stuff goes because I'm because you know I'm just returning. Right. And so a lot of the nominations were a real surprise to me. And so I'm watching it like, what did they get the cards mixed up here or something? Like <laughs> well, it was no, really they were. Strange. So, I mean, the tourist for anything. And, and, and I think yeah, the two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we'll get this. Will actually there's lead other into the weird topic. ones too. There was but, other. Really bad movies that were nominated. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. I uh, thought that movie came out like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right? Did it come out in Vienna first? I'm sorry. <laughs> I it was in Vienna. It was it was uh, yeah. They did have English movies. It was called um. It was a movie thing. It was called OV Cinemas original version. Um. And so yeah, so we did see. I saw Jackass in Vienna. That was really funny because. Some of the mm-hmm. people in the audience were like, what does fellatio mean? Like they didn't know, you know, <laughs> I don't remember what they said, but it was just, but yeah, but Alice in Wonderland was there, but I actually saw Alice in Wonderland on a, on a plane. Ah. Um, but it just, it's disappointing to me that these people, like, it's clear that the Golden Globes are ridiculous when stuff like the Taurus is getting nominated yeah. and the, it, it's very disheartening to realize that these, that some of these actors actually want to take it seriously. I I feel that this year was, I don't remember ever, there ever being something like this year, as far as like nominations go. I feel like... Yeah, it was, it was crazier than usual, but there were a couple bad ones last year, right? I can't remember what was so crazy last year. But yeah, this year Red was nominated, Burlesque was nominated. Oh my gosh, I saw Red in Vienna. I kind of liked it. (laughs) That was the dumbest movie I mean, and we went to see it, and there was like all these old people, you know, at this, you know, at this movie theater. Yeah, it's watching an action it movie too. for them. Yeah, it's like it's like, oh yeah, we could do that. That's what like, <laughs> my husband and I were saying. That's all that movie is. It should, it should just be called like old person says I could do that. Like you know, 
By the way, we should say the date, as of the date of this recording, Summit Entertainment announced today that the Red sequel is going to happen. There's going to be a Red 2. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie to a point. I spent I went to the $3 theater, and I'd say that was about right. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't see a sequel out of that. Don't, don't you feel that they just let John Malkovich say whatever he wanted? <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. I, I also feel like that, I mean, uh, the, the movie... Um, the movie started out really well and then just became... Yes. It just became... The, the action scenes became so boring as it, like... You've Some got of these them are good though. You've got no the early ones. You've got like the fist fight between Bruce Willis and Carl Urban in the office, and you've got like his sort of inventive way of like getting rid of the guys who attack his house at the beginning, and the shootout in the uh, at the uh, docks, you know, the marina yeah. or whatever. And, but then by the end, it's just it's just it's bullets. Ri- it's and ridiculous. It's not, there's no there's nothing inventive about that last uh, the last shootout or anything. It's just people walking around. Shooting guns and it was completely uh, kind of it was kind of a letdown. Oh look how great what's her face old lady is <laughs> right. with everything. You know what I mean? That's her name, right? What's yeah, her what's face, her face old, lady? old lady? She was a presenter at the Golden Academy Lady. Award winner. What's her face old lady? <laughs> um, and that's I love Helen Mirren. I really think she's a great actress. Thank you. But I feel like I feel like something. I don't no. know. Is it? Is it? I, I, I like the idea of it. It just did not work for me. I thought you were about to say, I like the idea of her. No, of not her as a movie yeah. person. <laughs> um, it just seems to me like she's she's somebody who, I guess because of, I don't know, maybe the way that she was addressed at the Oscars a few years ago, and she's sort of somebody that uh, presenters will refer to because she's kind of this, you know, she was in Prime Suspect, she was in Gosford Park, she's respectable, but she can also, you know, have a good sense of humor. And mm-hmm. so, like, putting her in red seemed almost like, ah, you're a really great actress. Just let yourself be a great actress. Yeah. Bruce Willis can do this kind of thing. John Malkovich can do this kind of thing. Eh, what the hell? Why not? Uh, Morgan Freeman can do this kind of thing. But just, like, it seemed like... in like you had plenty of, yeah, You had Brian Cox. And the, I mean, there were plenty of good actors. I don't think the... Uh, yeah, Brian, Brian Cox was in, like, you know, he was in X-Men and he was in Bourne films. And it just seemed like the the inclusion of her, it just seemed like, I don't know... I saw her publicist all over it, just hmm. or or her managers being like, "Oh, this will expose you to like a younger audience, and you'll be hip and all that." It's, the Betty, it's the Betty White complex. Maybe yeah. <laughs> everybody, right. all these old ladies, they're like, "Look what happened when everybody got behind Betty White." I want that. Right. I can be the ne- the next uh, action star. Yeah, but she's uh, British. She could play Bond. Helen Mirren is a hip lady. I once saw her at uh, Echo Park Bar, the shortstop. I don't know if you've ever been to the yeah. shortstop. Yeah. You saw her. What was she doing there? She was there with her husband, Taylor Oh, you Hackford. didn't see her. I thought you meant like you saw her, like she was there singing like no. show tunes or something. <laughs> no, it was just like a Saturday night at the I shortstop. I would die if I saw Helen Mirren. And Taylor Hackford just showed up and were drinking. I would die. I would die. <laughs> did you take a secret picture? I, I didn't. Some, some of my friends did. I'm sure I could find find those pictures it was a few years ago oh my gosh that's the best story ever <laughs> um the uh the th- to go back to the golden globes and then i guess we probably have to move on although whatever I'm yeah fine. whatever um because because uh, i can complain about the go- and and we already did complain about the golden globes but i think what in terms of the nominations it, yeah yeah but I, just, nominations I, I still want to say that i, I just want to make my point that Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais did a good job and did the job he was supposed to do yes and these people who are Reacting, the, the the guy from the Hollywood for, Hollywood Foreign Press saying he won't be invited back to host, and I'd be surprised if any of his films ever get nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, it's that's just the insane. dumbest thing I've ever heard. He said that because yeah. last I heard, he said no comment. But no, he that's, followed that's up. With, I, did he really say I'd be surprised if was, any of his? It was films out of context because I don't think he's actually saying he has the power to ban it. He's yeah, just, I think what he was saying is that 
you've offended the Hollywood Foreign Press so much that I can't imagine them. Uh, but the Hollywood Foreign Press is a the Foreign Press Association is a joke, right? Oh no, absolutely. They're not real critics or anything. No, I don't know what they are. Nobody knows what they are. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> I, I, David, you and I might be in the Hollywood Foreign Press, and we don't know. Yeah, come on. But I mean, I could be, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Come on, I'm practicing. You're on the show now. You're in Vienna. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, it's it's very. I'm sure at your old apartment, you keep getting all these ballots. Um, uh, but. What it frustrates me is, okay, two things. One is that there's no prestige behind it, and I understand there's not a lot of real prestige behind a lot of awards, but the Oscar has some cl- has some clout. Even, like, various Guild Awards have clout behind them. There is no clout be- behind any awards that would nominate the tourist. Or I go back to, like, for example, I don't know, Jim Carrey and the Grinch or something. Mm-hmm. He was good in it, but, like, really? Is this what we're doing now? The Golden Globes is essentially... Uh... It's the People's Choice Awards for people who live on the coasts. Yeah. It's like a little but bit it, more cosmopolitan. It, it, it is It is one of the big red carpet events. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it is. It's, you know, it's the Grammys, the Emmys, yeah. the Oscars, the Golden Globes. And I feel like it's big only through sheer force of will uh, when it comes to, like, I think publicists, publicists or something – tried to make it bigger and and stuff like imdb with their road to the globes sections like, oh no, well that's come on yeah. no one gives a the, shit about the globes you're, you're not the oscars i just like as as far as a, something to watch it's 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 uh generally enjoyable every year to watch because of the it's a more casual type setting uh-huh. they do tv and movies everyone's mm. drinking yeah that's the, that's the know? main thing i think I think that's what put the Globes on the map is that they're at tables and they're drinking. Yeah. Which, and that's the other thing that I have a problem with in regards to people's response to Ricky Gervais is the one thing you have that the other award shows don't is that – and people always say it's like, hey, anything can happen at the Globes hey, except when something does yeah. and it's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, everything can happen that we're okay with. Like, plus, we don't if like- you saw like the Hollywood Foreign Press really annoyed me because if you saw the ad campaign for like Ricky Gervais is going to be here, you don't know what yeah. he's going to say. Like there was one of him like walking away from an explosion while lighting a cigar. Like clearly they're, yeah. they were saying he's taken a scorched earth policy. Yeah, exactly. And then when he actually did what they they said he was going to do, he they uh, they they flipped out. And also, I mean, I didn't watch it growing up, but I remember in like the late nineties and even the early uh, aughts, uh-huh. they didn't even have a host. Oh yeah, that was that's a fairly new thing. Okay, and I guess I guess it's it's like well, it's a, as it's gaining more clout as an awards show. I guess they feel like they need to have a host, but it's just it. I don't know. It's there. It seems like hypocritical uh, of Hollywood. What are the odds uh, to say? Oh, it's it's great. We're all drinking this now. This is like the real award show. This is where it's at. And then someone comes along, makes a couple Scientology jokes, and everyone freaking flips out. It, yep. it, it is sad to me because I would I would like it's the second year in a row, and I would like this to be an institution. Like, uh, it, it the Globes are way more enjoyable to watch because yeah. of what Ricky Gervais did these past two years. Yeah, and if it became a thing where Ricky Gervais hosted the Golden Globes every year oh, for great. five years, it'd be awesome. But uh, I. People just, and you know, when I think about all these people talking shit about Ricky Gervais, is that people just want to have a fucking opinion. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> they want to be, they want to have an opinion about this. And the fact is, is that Ricky Gervais up to this point is someone that really had to be sought out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's like maybe he was in some like family friendly move, but mostly you, you kind of had to s- seek him out. In this so, country, yeah. In this country, yeah, in this country. 
And um, with the Golden Globes, here he is reaching, you know, all these other people that maybe would never have really sought him out and are just really, who is this guy making mm-hmm. fun of our John Travolta, you know? <laughs> now he I doesn't mean, say it, it by name. Exactly. And I just, you know, and I just, uh, it's like, I don't care about those people. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and I just think, listen, you know, go, go watch your, you know, Kids' Choice Awards or something. I don't know. <laughs> And also, I mean, you say people, yeah, I agree. People like to have opinions, but also people love an excuse to be outraged. Yes. It, 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 yeah, it, yeah there's, uh, you know, people, uh, uh, I think people tend to assume that any indignation is righteous indi- indignation, but it's not. No. And those are the same people that are just <laughs> like, oh, everybody wants us to be politically correct, politically correct. And they, what they don't understand is they have no idea what humor is at all. And right. I hate it when people are like, oh, everybody wants, no, you just told me a racist joke. Like, you know what I mean? That's not <laughs> being politically correct. And someone like Ricky Gervais comes on, along and they just don't fucking get it. You uh-huh. know, they don't get it. They just think, I have this joke about Joaquin Phoenix that I hate to do, that I love to do and I hate to do. Uh-huh. I love, I did it the other night where I talk about how I can never really immerse <laughs> yeah. myself in any movie that Joaquin Phoenix is in because of that hair lip operation smile scar in his face and then i go through a bunch of the things he does in movies and i'm just like and i put a finger over my lip and i go walking you know and sometimes it kills and sometimes people are like oh i'm like really you know like joaquin needs your help you know come on yeah you know um as much as people when you look at like uh daily show and colbert and people say that like the comedians are speaking to liberals but really liberals are Worse for comedy in a lot of ways yeah. and more prone to censorship yeah. uh, than, than conservatives are. Because, yeah, conservative uh, pundits did come out. There, a few of them did come out and like say in, in support of Ricky Gervais saying that uh, these people who, you know, I, I can't remember what exactly they said. But the, the uh, basically Ricky Gervais did to Hollywood, to Hollywood limousine liberals what the limousine liberals have been doing to the middle of the country. <laughs> But you know Which, I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of what he's saying. Is that some of the conservative pundits, the reason why they're defending Ricky Gervais is that they think they they liken themselves to Ricky Gervais. So that's what we do, and everyone jumps on what we say. We're and just they truth are, tellers, They man. are also short-sighted <laughs> in the fact that you are not them. You know, you're not them. So many conservatives actually like Stephen Colbert because they really – it's completely lost in them. <laughs> they, 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 yes, they understand that, he, that, that, you know, that he's making fun of them. Yeah, they understand it. Mm-hmm. But they also think, oh, it's so great that we're having a good time about this. They, uh-huh. you know, they can't. He's not laughing with you know with you. He's laughing at you. They don't get right. it. Like Indian Americans who watch Outsourced. Oh, <laughs> is that a problem? <laughs> Are, is Outsourced that, still on? Yeah, it's still on. Uh, well, it, it just it, it comes back tonight actually. Uh, tonight we're recording this. Oh but man, it's, I forgot to take <laughs> it. <laughs> you said the DVR. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! But it's yeah, it's a uh, horribly racist. But there, it has a huge uh, Indian American viewership because they're not really represented uh, yeah. that that largely anywhere else. But it is uh, it is it is shocking to me that that show is even on TV in 2011. Well, and that actually speaks to the idea of okay. So there are two shows that came out at the same time in which fat people were the protagonists. Mike and Molly. Mike and Molly. And then one called Huge, which was, I think, on ABC Family. Oh, I watched that one. I, that was a really great show. Was I heard it was wonderful. the creator yeah, of was, My So-Called Life. It was fantastic, yeah. yeah. And that one was very... I don't know the term, but it was something to the effect of 
fat positive or something where it's just it says yeah these people don't want to look like this but also it's not healthy for them to live like this so it's them dealing with those yeah yeah exactly in a funny way yeah it doesn't it's not laughing at them certainly no and that one gets canceled Mike and Molly, meanwhile, is nothing but fat jokes, and it's yeah. and it's clearly at the expense of these people. And I I haven't seen any of it. I've only read uh, the various TV reviews of it. Mm-hmm. And but somebody, uh, oh, I knew a, I knew a guy who worked uh, with the composer, and he said, you know, it's of Mike and Molly of Mike and Molly. And he said, you know, it's 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 just, you know, he's like, I'm happy to be working, but he also said, just it to just watch the show. I would just. I don't think I would ever watch this show yeah. because it's just so mean. Spe- just Is because it just they- a lot of wah, wah. Yeah, pretty much. And also just what like there's I, one where I there's a cake in the other room like, and they can't concentrate. Yeah, that, that was what uh, Mike Schmidt was talking That's about right, on his yeah. podcast. The, the, the scene where like the woman is like trying to be like uh, do the treadmill. But she knows there's this cake in the other room, and she can't think about anything but the cake. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like yeah, a fat show written by. Yeah, right uh, and it's I, and I don't know I don't understand that. Excuse me, I just don't I don't understand why it, I don't. But I, that's the thing I don't know if there are any fat people saying like finally a representation of me. I guess <laughs> oh I gotta watch God, Mike yeah. and Molly. Um, I don't know if that's a measurable thing. Because how do you how do you measure that? I just, just pre- I just want these shows to go away. I just like try not to think <laughs> about them. Outsourced Mike and Molly, you know. Uh-huh. It's hard. I'm sure, yeah. there are others. What are the other terrible shows? Well, two and a half men. Two and a half men. And it's two and a half men. <laughs> I was. I, he does that. It's. It'll be less fun. You said that you're subscribed to the show now. If you go back and listen to other episodes, you'll hear him do that, and you will not laugh anymore. Oh, I talk about Spiderman, or Superman. You know, I've heard people say it like that before. My friend uh-huh. Ben Acker. Do you guys know Ben? No. He does the thrilling adventure, oh, thrilling hour. adventure hour. Oh, okay. And he's a giant. And um, anyhow, he does the Superman and Spider-Man, but I've never heard anybody do the two and a half men. Two and a half men. You're doing pretty good. I, it's the uh. same concept, but but for, it's enjoyable to me. Because um. that implies that there's a guy referred to as a halfman. Yeah, halfman. <laughs> and so it's two guys and then this halfman here. Uh-huh. Um, I was actually, I was watching, uh, I was at a friend's house and they, and two and a half men was on. And... I happened to start watching, and I did this little. I was admittedly I was being a real prick uh, in doing this because they were watching it for reals, and I was not. <laughs> and uh, but I just said uh, I just sat there, and here was about the timing, mm-hmm. and I said, "Set up, punchline. Set up, <laughs> punchline." And it was ju- it was like that. It was just, and I thought like, how is this? I guess people, you know, no. if they like the punchlines, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, you and I have a difference of opinion because I don't yeah. think that a traditional sitcom that's set up punch, set up punch is necessarily bad. Yeah. Because I love How I Met Your Mother and I think it does that very well because it you don't you don't see the – you can't predict what the punchline is going to be and it plays with it and it's just actually funny. But what you're saying, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. That uh, It's also the type of punchline and the fact that yeah, it's not only is the so punchline. It, not only is the fact that there's a punchline coming predictable, you you can pretty much predict what the punchline is going to be right. based on the setup. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why How I Met Your Mother is better, and and you should really probably watch it, Tyler. I have watched <laughs> I episodes watch it. of it, and and I think it's just I think maybe the formula of setup punchline just isn't for me. Like you, you, you don't watch How I Met Your Mother. Either? It's not a sort of decision. It's not. Uh-huh. It's not something I'm you know against. It just is never gotten. It's just never. I always. I can go back. You know. Maybe <laughs> I'll just watch. All, how many seasons? 
It's in its sixth now. Yeah, really? it's got six seasons. I'll I'll do it. Yeah, it's 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 very good. <laughs> I'll get there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I've never. But it's got a good cast. Yeah, it's got uh, Willow from Buffy. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, Jason Segel. Jason Segel and lo- lots of great guest stars. Kyle MacLachlan has been a recurring guest star this current season. Yeah, uh, Chris Elliott. Ray Wise, uh, Michael Gross were all... I heard that Matt Dwyer got a little bit part on How I Met Your Mother. What? Did he? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's been on yet. He just recorded it. He just recorded it. That's what they say, right? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Dwyer, because he hasn't been on the show, he is a a comedian here in Los Angeles. He's very funny. And I believe he also has a podcast with uh, Matt Bronger, I think. uh, I don't think they do it anymore. Oh, really? It was called The Mats or something. It was called Mats Mats Radio. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Jesus, that's going to punch me in the face. <laughs> it's called Matt's Radio. Look, you've been away for a while. Yeah, you don't <laughs> why don't know. You just, why don't you just defer to us when it comes mm-hmm. to podcast names? Thank you. Um, but Strolling okay. with Michelle. So yeah. we've been going for 45 Ooh, minutes. We've been going for 45 minutes. Should we even bother getting to well, yeah, the topic? Let's get into it. Let's, let's talk. Walking with Michelle is, uh, you know, you go it's to a travel. It's I consider it to be a travel It's podcast. a travel log. Yeah, it's a travel log. You're, you're the Anthony Bourdain of the uh, of the podcast world. Yeah, I try to do stuff for people to kind of live vicariously. So that's yeah, Anthony <laughs> Bourdain of uh, Anthony Bourdain, no reservations of comedy pod. No, I was just I wanted I didn't oh. let you finish your yes, Anthony Bourdain of the podcast. I, that was a thing that made me feel good about myself. So I really wanted to hear it. <laughs> yes, you're the Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> you have no reservations when it comes to podcasting. Oh, Watch that was out. dumb. And, and People come on and just insult David. It was really kind of, you know, saves me some time. I'm like the Ricky Gervais of. Uh, <laughs> I believe of it. I guess you're very incendiary. Sure, no question about that. You, you, you're going to <laughs> Portland and you're you're pinning that city to the fucking wall. Oh my gosh, and that city. <laughs> so, David, what is uh, what is our topic? So, I guess it would, uh, in, th- <laughs> in in theory, <laughs> in theory, it's movies about being a tourist or tourists oh, okay. or vacationing. Yeah, what uh. Well, do you have any favorite movies about vacation? Uh, I I know some people people are either on either side of this, okay. but I personally love Lost in Translation. Oh yeah, Me I think too. it's a fantastic movie, and I, you know it's just everything about it. Like Bill Murray is another person that's kind of up there with the Ricky Gervaises and David Letterman's for me. Uh-huh. And you know, and I guess they're all kind of similar in their you know the, you can kind of see a pattern here, but like you know just that's that's what i love yeah and um but that movie was just so it was just like you're just watching you know a a few days in these people's lives and they're funny and interesting and it's just i just really love that movie i loved everything about it i haven't seen it in a while and i want to watch it again um speaking of bill burr uh, bill burr bill Bill murray (laughs) bill burry (laughs) bill yeah um bill murray um in lost in translation did you got you guys hear recently that he just like it's it's on YouTube. I can't I can't take it. I can't. He he was he he just like showed up at a karaoke place uh, with a bottle of liquor and hung out with some people and did songs with them. He has there's other stories of yeah. him showing up like he like was at South by Southwest and he bartended. Yeah, my I, I, someone uh, like I'm sure this is an urban legend or something, but like friend of a friend of a friend like had a house party. And Bill Murray showed up and helped him do the dishes. Like it's those I, are the kind of stories that are out there yeah, about him. I, that would just. <sighs> and he comes up. He's been known to come up behind people on the street. That I've and, heard. And put his hands over their eyes and say like, "Guess who?" And then say, "No one will believe that this happened." And then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, turned. 
his whole life is turning into per- he's like Andy Kaufman. <laughs> right. Just- but that's a guy that loves life. Like I like Bill Murray, I mean he picks he's What's another movie did? Like Flowers. Broken Flowers. Broken Flowers. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah. Like he just picks these movies. He was he had a cameo in that other movie which would be considered a spoiler me saying I think what movie it is. People know by now, right? Yeah, the Okay, then fine. The Zo- Z- Zombieland. 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 And that was Zombieland. <laughs> and that was brilliant and he just what a great, you know, it's just Ghostbuster. I mean, come on. Yeah. This he, guy's and that was a, he did that at a, on a moment's notice. I don't know if you know that whole story no. that it was, I think it was originally going to be Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and he was sick. Oh my God, that would have been a turn, huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, but he was sick and Woody Harrelson obviously knows Bill Murray from Kingpin mm-hmm. and stuff and just like called him and said, hey, can you come out here like in a few days yeah. and they were where they were shooting in like uh louisiana or whatever and, wait can know. i just say something um i don't want patrick swayze to haunt me so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sorry if i just offended you i just really like bill murray. i'm looking up at the ceiling i i really like bill murray and ghostbusters and I, I i can't imagine the movie without him i okay, do have a patrick swayze poster on my ceiling that's what that's what <laughs> yeah, you oh, and i'm staring at his face <laughs> um yeah bill murray is one of those he's one of those actors that is always interesting even if he's in a oh. movie that isn't Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movie. Let's name. Let's name bad movies he's in. Larger than life, which mm, I like the movie in general. That. I mean, I remember the movie, but I can't remember watching it. There's a there's a scene at the beginning. Roger Ebert always singles this out as like one of the best opening scenes of any film, even though the movie is pretty terrible. And it's Bill Murray as a motivational speaker. <laughs> and you, of how has he not gotten that part before? Because mm-hmm. he freaking just. You feel like they probably just let him go. Yeah. And he just says motivational speaker like things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's just really wonderful. Go and rent, you at home, go and rent Larger Than Life. Watch the first five minutes and then. <laughs> Maybe it's on Netflix Instant. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Give it a him? shot. Yeah. 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 What, are, what are the other bad Bill Murray movies? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. The, the Man, Man Who, who knew, knew Too, too little, little is one. Yeah. And I barely remember. But that. then there are people who say that's a, like an underappreciated movie. yeah the people yeah. at the uh, onion av club love that movie mm. um maybe not love they they defend it which is yeah. different <laughs> that's a different different thing um but you know there's always movies like that where you for some reason or another that movie hits you in a certain way and you love it you mm-hmm. know we have talked if we've been doing the show for four years mm-hmm. and we have not gone a full month without talking about the norm mcdonald film dirty work okay now and that was also a time when i was like that was like the kind of i love norm mcdonald i thought he was great and i remember seeing that movie in college and um i thought it was fantastic yeah. i mean that was that just hit me at the right time and it was just and there was the i can't even remember the joke but it was something about the the the, the hookers in the trunk or something <laughs> what, what does he say exactly uh, uh, it's he says uh I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. And then it cuts to the guy in the audience saying, uh, Lord knows I have. Is that is that from Dirty Work? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it's a live TV commercial for a car dealership. And uh-huh. there's all these dead hookers in the trunks. But okay. I love how he gets the at the beginning. And I think this was even in the trailer where he like uh, basically says something that gets a couple guys beat up. And then <laughs> they confront him later. And they're like, hey, it's pretty funny how you got us beat up. He's like, Really? You thought it was funny? I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but I'm surprised you guys thought it was funny. Because <laughs> you guys got your asses kicked, and then they yeah. throw them in a dumpster. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it also has one of my favorite lines of all time said by a, like uh, essentially a featured extra when there's the confrontation between Norm MacDonald and uh, Christopher McDonald, right? Yes. I never realized. Um, and they're in the, like, the balcony at the opera house, and 
uh, Chris McDonald like throws the tape recorder uh-huh. over his shoulder, and just some guy gets hit in the head with it, and he goes, "Ah, son of a bitch, bastard." <laughs> well, he's a, he's a reporter, so he's got like a microphone in front of him, and he's yeah. reporting, and he's, ah, son of a bitch, bastard, um, which yes became uh, just something you and I would yell around the apartment when we used to live together. Yeah. Now I'm I'm going to try and uh, probably in vain to get us back on topic. Okay. Um, because literally you said lost in translation that got us on Bill Murray, and then we, here we are. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, it's odd that you say lost in translation. I completely forgot about it because I think I was almost going exclusively with comedies, and it is a comedy, but there's a lot of drama yeah. in there as well. Um, and the uh, was I only supposed to talk about comedies? No, just really whatever oh, you want. Okay. Um, it's comedy is where my mind went first, but uh, I, I feel like that that film is perfect because it captures. I mean, you mentioned feeling very very homeless and probably a it little was, lonely it, yeah 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 it was it captures that aspect perfectly mm-hmm. like even for for example when when my wife and i travel i stay up probably about four hours later than she does uh on a reg- at least uh, on a regular basis so she'll go to bed and then it's like well i don't want to have the tv on in the hotel room mm-hmm. so i'll usually if i have a laptop i'll go into like the lobby of the hotel or if it's a motel, like I'll go to the place where they have the terrible continental breakfast or something the next day, and I'll sit and you know be online or whatever. And uh, I find that very pe- even if it's a crappy motel, I find it very peaceful, and I and I really enjoy it. But it all it is also lonely, in spite of the fact that I'm there with my wife. Yeah. And just the 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 scenes where he's just walking around this luxurious hotel. And just trying to amuse himself in the meantime, mm-hmm. it just captures that tone, and it's amusing while also being so desperately lonely. Yeah. Um, and just it, it, few films I think capture the nature of what travel is uh, as as that one. Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely. It was, you know, it's. I mean, I don't want to get back on like my traveling, but it, it is. Uh-huh. I mean, that's it is. It's an isolating sort of. You're not there for two weeks. You're there for over a year, kind yeah. of a thing, and it's just and that. I mean, I think that's what Bill Murray. Bill Murray was, and I mean, maybe he wasn't there for a super long time, but he traveled a lot, right? And so that was, you know, it's kind of the same feeling. Did you see? Uh, uh, I mean, you you are a comedian, and so you uh, travel quite a bit. Yes. Uh, did you see Up in the Air? And what did you think of that? I loved Up in the Air, but Me I too. mean, can I just? George Clooney. I mean, <laughs> is that why the movie would have had to have been pretty bad for me not to like it? Um, but no, but I really liked the movie. I thought it was great. I liked that there was an age appropriate love interest, which yeah. that is always right. kind of bugs me with with these movies with these handsome older gentlemen or even mm-hmm. like not handsome older gentlemen, and they're with the young twenty five year olds. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? Twenty five is too young for me. What are you the know? movies with the not handsome older gentlemen? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't like, know, but like I guess can we pair, can we pair up Tom Skerritt with uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jessica Alba. <laughs> but wait, no, I just saw um, the the um, uh, Crazy Heart. Oh, oh yeah. right, Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal and um, and Jeff Bridges. I mean, he's ruggedly handsome, I think. Yeah, but he's like fifty years older than she is. Like that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. And so, so the woman that was in the in the up in the air with him was age appropriate. I thought it was funny. I mean, I, I just I really liked it. I thought that the girl, the the play, the younger girl that he was uh, training, Anna, Anna Kendrick. I thought she was great. And one yeah. other thing I thought about it is, 
is I was so jealous of that girl. Like here she is, <laughs> like not super known, you know, uh-huh. as an actress. I mean, I, I don't know her from anything. I know she's probably been in stuff. But she gets to play essentially opposite George Clooney in a non-sexual role. So it's just like they have kind of almost like a father-daughter relationship. Uh-huh. I wish. I mean, come on. <laughs> like that just gets my mind going and creating scenarios. Oh, yeah. And then someone's at UCB and then they see me. And then, yeah, and they just want to cast an unknown in this thing. Oh, my gosh. The leaves George Clooney. That could be me. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you would have gotten to hang out in uh, my hometown of St. Louis, oh, which is where they shot oh, yeah. that movie. I knew it was just a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of the, the, the dream, too. And then maybe I get to be in St. Louis. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's another film that uh, I'm sorry to keep bringing everything uh, down with my uh, film nerdery. But uh, that's another film that I think really I mean, it's not. of course, that's not vacation. He's doing it for his work, as is Bill Murray. But right, which is kind of why I wanted your opinion on the the travel aspect of up in the air. Yeah, yeah, well, the difference between him and I is that I don't have, you know, I mean, he, business travel. I I have not amassed. Everyone's like, oh, you must have so many frequent flyer miles. Like I do, but it's not on one airline. You know what I mean? No, like right. I, it's like the business people that are flying around. Their companies are paying for it. They can afford to just stick with one. You know, airline. Right. And plus, I'm flying overseas and flying domestically. Yeah, I have like 25,000 British Airways miles, which I can tr- go take and use for American, but I can't combine my British and American, you right. know, for the same anything. Mm. So I've, I've got like 65,000 frequent flyer miles, but it's, it's, I don't have a platinum anything, you know? So there's, I got a, a surprise upgrade once, but that was like, I had just random luck. You should just do what I do, and when you get the note saying, "Hey, your miles are about to expire," uh, do you w- you're not going anywhere? Why don't you get? Why don't you subscribe to this magazine? That's what I do. That's what that's, you do. That's why I have a you subscription get to Esquire. Esquire, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, well, I'm not going to fly anywhere with these miles, so I guess I'll just use them on this stupid thing. I'm not going to read. Was before- it enough for a ticket, though? No, it wasn't. That oh, was okay. the other thing. Okay. Um, um, before we get off up in the air, I want to talk more about it being in St. Louis and how much my. Oh. Uh, <laughs> My my girlfriend is annoyed to me because she, annoyed with it because she has since since we've been going out a little over two years, uh, she's been to St. Louis with me twice, and like I remember just in October the second time we were like in the airport and you were the part in Up in the Air where he's shopping at a Brooks Brothers and then like the camera pulls back and you realize the Brooks Brothers is in the airport yeah like we walked past that Brooks Brothers and I was like that's that's the Brooks Brothers from Up in the Air ah. and she was like yeah you told me that last Christmas when we were here before. <laughs> Well, you gotta, you know, your your claims to fame. You have to claim. You have to, you know, call them out anytime you see them in St. Louis. But uh, the arch and up in the air. Yeah, that's the main things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm very I'm very familiar with Lambert uh, Airport. I had to fly through there every time I would fly from Chicago down to Springfield. But um, but what I like about up in the air is just the there's of course uh, the uh, to go with the loneliness aspect along with loss in translation, mm-hmm. but also just. Traveling inside the United States, just the, for lack of a better word, blandness of, all right, here's this hotel room. It looks exactly like this hotel room. Yeah. Here's this airport. For the most part, it looks just like this airport. And it's just, and then, and there's always, uh, there's also the the nice little 
kind of visual punchline where he, you get to his actual apartment and it doesn't look that much different than the yeah. hotels right yeah. down to the fact that he's taken all the mini ball, bottles from other hotels and that's well, how he keeps himself stopped it's it's telling i'm going to bring up st louis again but this way in a way that's actually germane to the conversation okay good thank that, you that you know the movie takes place in omaha and kansas city right. and, yeah. and all these Fly places over but, states. It, it, but it was almost entirely except for the stuff like on the beach in miami it was filmed in uh, airports, there, the airport and hotels in St. Louis, because what you like, you're saying it all looks the same. Yeah, you can go anywhere, and know? that's and I remember I, I mentioned this. I don't remember uh, what episode, but I, I mentioned how much I love hotels and how I have a surprising memory of layouts of hotels. And I remember <laughs> you got mad at me, not mad at me, but you made fun of me. You're like, aren't they all the same? They're not. There They're are not. minute. <laughs> there are minute differences. I am. I am the the supreme hotel aficionado. This. I mean. And they're not, and I love staying in hotels, and I am supremely, like, sort of critical <laughs> of of the differences in hotels. I stayed in a, uh, at a, I, I don't remember, I, I wound up having to, my flight got canceled uh, from North Carolina to Los Angeles, and so I wound up having to stay in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Ooh. And I stayed, and it was I was going to be. Staying I think I stayed in Norfolk, Virginia, because I got delayed coming out of DC once, and I think that's oh, yeah. where they sent me was Norfolk. Yeah. So, for basically eight or nine hours, my wife and I needed a place to stay, so we stayed at. I don't remember the name of the place, but I mean it was really awful. And when I got into the room <laughs> itself, it's like, well, I've never seen a room laid out like this before. It was like long and narrow. It looked like a boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> but they put a bed in it and a terrible TV, um, and it's just like there's there's a lot of negative space in this room. <laughs> like they th- they threw a table with no chair <laughs> in there, and it's like, I feel oh. uncomfortable hearing you describe this. <laughs> it was it was pretty rough. It seems it sounds like a like a a set from like Mystery Train or Strangers Strangers in the Paradise. Like it looks like it sounds like a Jim Jarmusch or here's, Broken Flowers. Here's what it is. It's like a set. That they just have sitting uh, when we went to film school. Like, okay, here's a set that w- it's not dressed at all. You have to dress it yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that'd be a hotel concept, right? <laughs> you get like a box of stuff. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, just a box of, of uh, here's some photos of the mo- manager's relatives. You can put it up and make it sound, make it seem like it's your place. The hotel I stayed in Atlanta um, it used to be a Wyndham hotel. And uh, it was really close to the club, so that was a plus. Yeah. But the one thing that drove me crazy about this hotel, well, it was kind of, it was not somewhere I ever would have paid to stay personally, but everyone was kind of surly there. <laughs> but they didn't have any wireless, okay? Ugh. But they had a notice, like an AT&T, like a little, little placard thing that said, oh, we offer AT&T uh, Wi-Fi wired internet. And I was what does like, that mean? it means it, it's not why it was driving me nuts. And it was like, no, you offer eight wired, like you could plug in an Ethernet cable. Like there's no, then don't say Wi Fi. You're saying you have, there's, it's not Wi Fi and wired. Don't go together. Don't, don't tease me with your Wi Fi. It drove me nuts. Well, you know, it's just the manager of the hotel just saying, like, look, I don't know what any of these things mean. But yeah. we offer internet, and I guess that's what this means, right? <laughs> yeah, because people like maybe yeah, exactly. Like, they, they learned about internet like really like far into the game, and so they don't understand like oh, so internet is Wi Fi, 
right. you know. If wired <laughs> Wi Fi, but we also 2. have to 0. let people know it's wired. So it's uh, Wi-Fi wired. Yeah, AT&T has merged with a company called Wi-Fi. Yeah. And uh, uh, they offer a wired internet. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's a... Uh, All right, what else What else do you, what yeah, else let's do go you absolutely it. need to get to before we wrap up? Oh, that was, well, Lost in Translate. I figured I... That that was the big the big one I wanted to bring up. Okay. Well, we can't not... Uh, I, I feel like we should address National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, I, that, I thought that was kind of on the nose, but yeah. yeah okay, well, well, I... Our goal here is not to be cunning. <laughs> vacation number one, um, one of my favorite movies of all time. I had it on VHS tape. My mom taped it, and so we watched it all the time. The second two or five, I don't know, I, I have no opinion about, and I maybe <laughs> have watched the one, the British one, where they go around the thing a million European times. European Vacation, yeah. Yeah, but, but otherwise, like, I should. European Vacation, man, that's essentially what I just did, but no, but I... And doesn't the dog jump off the Eiffel Tower and Yeah, I don't remember, yeah. And I never saw the Vegas or the Christmas or whatever, but, but the first one was so good. Yeah. And I've... the I think because of, of my... Of my age, and how I'm old not, are you? I'm uh, 28, and oh. so I'm not that much. I'm not that much younger than you, but I'm I think. 34. But there's, I think, a six like a six year gap in between the films, and so I grew up watching Christmas Vacation. I can't. I can't even. I can't even sort of acknowledge that that's even a valid point. That the that the, I. How old are you? I'm 28. I think. Yeah, oh. 28. Yeah. I can't. I don't think that I. If you if let's say there was no like time, okay, and everything just came out at once, we're all the same age, every day is today, and they va- in well, those vacation movies, the first one stands heads above. But I think the difference is that Christmas Vacation was rated PG, and my parents would let me watch it. I wasn't. Al- oh, but there was my boobs. parents were stri- my parents, my mom in particular, were very strict about. R-rated movies, uh-huh. and so I would I wouldn't have been allowed to watch Vacation. You're true. That's right. I remember that part. That was a really big deal. Uh-huh. Like the sort of like when he comes into the bathroom, the shower, and he has like, and he's I can't remember what it was, but he has like some sort of apparatus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but Christmas Vacation does have one of my favorite jokes in the movie when the when the cops bust in at the end, and yeah. everyone in the family like freezes and turns. Mm-hmm. Her hand is on uh, Chevy Chase's crotch. Yeah. Like, that's the that's what she was doing apparently at the time the cops busted and that's a great joke that that I t- totally missed when I was younger. Well, and it uh, it gets highlighted when she extend she takes her hand off of his crotch, extends it, shakes somebody else's hand, and then replaces it on his crotch, <laughs> uh, which I think might have underlined it a bit too uh, definitely. But uh, I, 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 you it kids still went over in my your head crazy vacation kid. movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's unfortunate because it's the only one where they don't go anywhere. So as far as oh, yeah. uh, being uh, relevant to the topic, it's the one I can't. I can't. They should bring have up. called it Christmas Staycation. Am I right, people? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I have obviously since I was a kid seen National Influence Vacation, and yes, it is mm-hmm. it is definitely the as you said heads, heads and shoulders above yeah. the rest of the. I like the how entries. you call it by the full name. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what National Lampoon's Vacation. You know, I um, is that a thing that people do? Am I am I wrong or are you wrong? That's how it's billed. I know that's how it's billed. Um, I also refer to that that movie with Bruce Willis as Disney's The Kid. Do you remember that movie that came out in 2000? Disney's a kid. I remember that we're like, I, I, he turned into a kid or something or like. What happened? I, saw I can't it, remember, but I saw that movie too. I in saw the it theaters. in the theater. No, yes. I saw it in the theaters and I was older than you, so it's a lot weirder that I saw it in the theaters. Well, I saw it in the theater. I was, I mean, I was um, a high, high school graduate by the time that movie came out, 
but I saw it in the theater actually on vacation. I was on vacation with uh, my girlfriend's family in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. My my girlfriend at the time, um, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and um, I won't say her name because she was a great person. Her family was the just most awful people in the world, and <laughs> we had to go see things like Disney's The Kid. I think we also saw we saw a bunch of movies on that trip because I just wanted. To get away yeah. from her family. Oh, I get that. And you don't want to talk to those people. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. This isn't me like being like weird about like the girlfriend's dad. Like th- this guy was top two worst people I've ever known yeah. in my entire life. Oh, wow. I, I believe you. I, you know, some people like when you start complaining about how awful people are, they think, oh, it's just because of some weird thing. You're you, you have a class. Sometimes people are just dicks, yeah. you know. I will. Um, and sometimes when we just, rap, I'll tell a story yeah. about it. When we rap, I've never said that before. But I will tell. A st- I, I can't tell the story about the guy on the uh, on the podcast. But I can't wait. I'm kind of excited. Let's yeah. let's let's finish things. This yeah. Thing well, up. we talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I have so many. I have so many movies on my list. But uh, uh, as as David and I discussed, uh, just say early them, on. and then we'll each say yes or no, like okay. whether we liked it. Okay. Uh, Mystery Train, which is a Jim Jarmusch film. I, I mentioned it. Never yep. saw it. Taken care of. Uh, Scratch off the list. <laughs> in Bruges. I didn't see it. Didn't care for it, saw it. Hmm. I, I didn't care for it. Um, I like those kind of movies. Almost went to Bruges. Though. We almost went to Bruges. Um, but uh, I can't. I have an, I had an opinion on why I didn't care for it, but I can't remember what that is now. <laughs> you know, like I had a diatribe I would go into when anybody brought the movie up, but that day has since passed. Too violent. That's not why. Maybe some. Th- I, I want to say that I, I thought it was gratuitous at uh, points. There's there's some gratuitous violence in that. But film. I can't. I, I or gratuitous everything. But anyhow. So yeah. All right. Uh, the out of towners. Uh, which old, one? Uh, old or new? Never I've only s- seen the newer one. I didn't like it. I didn't see either of them. But that was the the remake was with Goldie Hawn and, and Steve. Right, Steve. Yeah, Martin. that's terrible. But John Cleese. I feel like we it came up on the podcast recently because I remember we were talking about how John Cleese is really funny in it. He's funny as, as the a, hotel manager. Yeah, and like the hotel manager who's like a crossdresser and breaks into people's rooms and wears their. <laughs> and it's like that's kind of obvious, but he's funny. Is that he's obvious? John. I feel like that's funny. You said it was obvious. You said you you thought that was a stereotypical character, but that he managed to do good things with it. Maybe I meant that the the snootiness of the snooty hotel manager was oh, stereotypical, okay, not the crossdressing. Oh, okay. I don't think the I don't think crossdressing yeah. hotel manager is yeah. a type. Yeah, because I've come across it a lot in my travels. <laughs> yeah, you'd be the one to know. Just, uh, uh, yeah. just like this sweater is uh, kind of stretched out. I John, John Cleese is like ever since the Albert Outer Towners, I only get cost, cast as the crossdressing hotel manager. <laughs> okay, well that uh, that answers my my question from that episode a long time ago, where I thought. You know, maybe I just don't know about that <laughs> archetype, but, uh, you know, David's traveled more than I have. Uh, I did write Vacation, uh, mm-hmm. and then, of course, uh, City Slickers. Uh-huh. Love City Slickers. And yeah. uh, then The Accidental Tourist, which is not about tourism, but it's about a guy who wrote a series. It's a fictional film. It's Gina Davis. Gina Davis and I William Hurt. Definitely saw it. Cannot remember it, but I th- I'm pretty sure I liked it. Uh, the one thing that I... Uh, well, I love the film, but... Uh, the one part that is relevant to the conversation is that William Hurt's character play uh, he 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 writes a series of books that if I were to travel like oh I wish those books existed I'm sure they probably do somewhere where it's all about how 
if you have to travel to all these countries, here how here's how you can live in such a way that you don't have to make any changes to your life. For example, here's <laughs> the restaurant fantastic. you can here's the restaurant you can go to where you can get American cuisine. Here's the uh, here's the uh, hotel you can go to that is most like American hotels. And I thought like, man, that's pretty great. I would I would want to do that. Like, <laughs> hey, I'd want to go and see the sights. But in the meantime, I want some nice chicken strips. Yeah, I still am. I mean, you were in Bogota for like over a week. Yes, and I, I was. still. I wonder what you, he, Tyler's the pickiest eater that I've ever known in my life. And, yeah. Um, I, I have no idea how he survived for a week and a half in it's a ve- That's Columbia. a very uh, meat-centric like, place. Does picky eater mean that like you like fast food? I mean, like, what does that mean? Uh, like, I used to, I used to like fast food. I can't eat it anymore now. I, I can't really eat it as much now. But uh, but no, I um, I don't know if we've ever gone into a lot of detail. Tyler's but like a steak and potatoes guy, but the potatoes he does, would, he's not really into. I love potatoes. <laughs> shut up. You would love uh, you would love bean then. Love Vienna. what? Vienna. Oh, okay. Is that? Did you? Call it's it by a, its nickname? <laughs> no, it's, it's how you pronounce it. It's, oh, okay. a, it's a German. It's German name. Let's call it anything in German. It's a nickname. <laughs> it's a nickname. Yeah, it's a nickname. <laughs> Deutschland nickname for Germany. Der Führer was just his, uh, yeah, his, ha- his handle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, so that's a very... Because uh, I, I oh tend God, to like yeah. things that are... But is there any sauce on the meat? Because Tyler doesn't go in for sauce. <sighs> that's not... <laughs> Strictly speaking, true. Uh, friend of the sh- not a friend of the show. He hasn't been on the show, but he's helped out with uh, live shows and stuff. Wade Pesak is uh, something uh-huh. of an Anglophile, and he brought me uh, from the Friar Tuck shop here in North Hollywood, which okay. sells all kinds of uh, British things. Uh, he brought me some HP sauce over on the counter there, and uh, it's uh, quite uh, quite tasty. Okay. So well, I, you, yeah. You've grown leaps and bounds as a person since we That's lived together fantastic. all those years ago. I wish I could say the same for you. I cannot. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, is that all that's on your list? I wanted to talk. I, I, I have talented Mr. Ripley on my list. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And I have uh, Brad Anderson's Trans-Siberian. Oh, that's true. Have you seen Trans-Siberian? I have it's not. W- the aforementioned Woody Harrelson along no. with uh, Ben Kingsley and who is the lead? <laughs> Emily. I feel terrible. I think the, it's Mortimer. Is it Emily Mortimer? Yeah, the lead of the character is this woman whose name I've, I've forgotten. It's either Emily Blunt or Emily Mortimer. It's I'm not Emily sh- Blunt. Emily Blunt was in oh, the Mortimer's Prada, right? No, I, don't, I, don't I have no idea. I'm not going to be any help. I'm really bad at this kind of stuff. <laughs> they both emerge. This okay. We've lost. We've lost any cred that we might have had. The Emilys came about at the same time, so yeah, they seem like the same person to me. I think they might be, and there's some kind of ruse going on that so they so she can make more money. I don't know how, uh-huh. but uh, but yeah. So they <laughs> they came about at the same time, and I thought, and neither of them were really were really in movies that I saw, so I. I just didn't know which one was which. And so now, to this day, even in movies that I have seen and love, like Trans-Siberian, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I've even never though heard I think of I, this movie. It was, a, it was a smaller film, but it's really wonderful. And it it's really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it highlights what people are terrified about, like myself, are terrified about when it comes to travel, which it's kind of Hitchcockian. Uh, they just find themselves in the middle of this terrible this awful uh, right, they, plot they, they could be the, the idea that you can be preyed on because you don't have any roots to the you right. know you don't speak the language that kind of that kind of stuff but it's not a xenophobic movie because the bad guys do speak english hmm. yeah. in our you know but uh yeah it's a it's a, and another thing that i've often said about the movie that's great is that the standard sort of like uh 
action thriller type thing where the guy is the hero and then there's the girlfriend role who's just like is scared and maybe like gives him support is switched in this movie where oh, Emily okay. Mortimer is the hero and Woody Harrelson is the scared girlfriend. Or I definitely want to see this movie. It it's sounds really fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, and uh, man, now I'm just kidding. Because I remember when we talked about individual achievement last year, I talked about her performance in Trans-Siberian and now I can't recall well, it's name. not it's not Emily Blunt because I know who Emily Blunt okay, is. Okay, so it's I Emily Mortimer. Picture. Okay, okay, good for us. All right, so let's wrap up. Oh, indeed. Good lord, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter, on Twitter at twitter.com slash morelessons. Where, by the, the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. Uh, I recently, I've really started to... No, I have to, to start over. I'm sorry. I've really started to <laughs> embrace... Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> started to embrace the Twitter thing. And so I, I've started to do this thing where I will live tweet really... Uh, banal Because things. you're bored. Because I'm bored. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's very... Yeah, today you live... Or was it yesterday you live tweeted your trip to the grocery store? Yes. Yeah, it's... And the day that I realized I could take photos with my camera, with my phone, well, oh, it really enhanced the live tweeting. Okay. Uh, so, yes. So, you can follow me on Twitter and hear all about my... Okay, so that's twitter.com slash more lessons, which is the official Twitter of Tyler's other podcast, More Than One Lesson. You yeah. can find it more than one lesson.com or on iTunes. I have a podcast, a weekly television review podcast called Previously On, which is at previouslyonshow.com or on iTunes. You guys uh, make me feel so bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't course, even put out my podcast. Um, it's 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 a it's a new year and those uh, year long uh, donation subscription things are expiring. So feel free to head over to uh, battleshipretention.com and and donate. But you might want to wait a month or so because we're going to do another drive and win some prizes. Yeah. Uh, if you if you donate, uh, so yeah, wait for a month, then donate all you want. Indeed. Uh, and, you know, throw us something in the meantime. In the meantime, um, we have a PO box if you want to uh, send us any snail mail or anything like that. It's on the on the website. Uh, that's pretty much everything. Michelle, where can people find you on the you, internet? You can find me, um, follow me on Twitter at uh, Balloon, B-I-L-O-N. You can also check my, my check out my website, Balloon.com, same spelling. Uh, Facebook fan page. Um, yeah. All you right. can find Walking with walking Michelle. With oh, yeah, and yeah. please, uh, iTunes Walking with Michelle. Uh, and uh, it's really great. I'm, I'm tuning my own horn. Uh, it's a really fantastic <laughs> podcast. Start out. The first one is a great one to start out with. There's only eight. You could listen to all of them. And I promise you, if you subscribe this year, I will put out more of these podcasts. Yes. And you will hear, uh, if you're a Battleship Pretension fan, you will hear some of your favorite guests from this show, Jimmy Pardo, Paul F. Tompkins, mm-hmm. uh, James Adomi, and these people have all been. And Matt Belknap, of course. Matt Belknap. Yes, the yeah. first couple, Matt, Matt's on both of those. Uh, so definitely, that comes highly recommended. That's a, uh, a great podcast. Absolutely. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. This is fun. This was fantastic. Thank you, guys. And thank you for buying me snacks. Oh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. I'm going to have another glass of wine. I'm going to have some cookies. <laughs> All right. I haven't had those cookies. They're I'm excited. Good. Thank you for listening, and we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.